When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you like pop culture? I do. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Andrew. Oh. If you enjoy movies, television, all that kind of stuff, uh, we have a lot of fun on Sif Pop Podcast, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. So you can come check us out every week. You can listen live or just download it to your podcast feed. Every single week, Aaron breaks down the newest movies that are big in theaters, and I make funny noises. <laughs> You could probably pick one of those that you would like. You can join us every weekend live by looking at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA, or you can find us in your podcast player of preference by searching for Sift Pop. Come on, Uncle Jim, the party's starting. Hear that music? All right, you Jim Short. From South Bend, Indiana. It's the Sports Yak Podcast. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. What doofus would name a podcast after a stupid Tibetan ox? Probably one of these morons. Corey Mann? Uh, maybe it was Chuck Freebie. Hey, Jim, let's lay off the commentary and stick to the script, okay? The number one most downloaded sports podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Uh, Jim, it's actually the only sports podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. This is Jimmy Shorts, and that's good. I know nothing about sports. He knows something about sports. I know nothing about sports. He knows something about sports. I know nothing. He knows something. I know nothing. He's a something sports. Yeah. So you're kind of like the idol contestant last night that made up a song about idol. <laughs> I know nothing about sports. By the way, that idol contestant got tossed off the show. He knows something about sports. Hi, my name's Corey. That's Chuck Freebie to my left. This is sports yak and this is episode 75 the deacon jones episode deacon jones was part of that fearsome foursome with episode 74 star merlin olsen and deacon jones also went on to an acting career as well deacon jones is the reason there is a sack stat kept in the nfl because he got to the quarterback so often people wanted to start keeping track of that well should we tackle this bad boy called the bracket you know that's what everybody is doing right now in fact i think what we should do Corey, Mm -hmm. is you and i should tackle this and we'll call it the yacket i like that i like i like the name that you've given it already 
You've put some thought into it. I can tell you're married to it. Let's walk it down the aisle and see who throws the rice. Oh, I don't know about married to oh, it. All right, jeez. <laughs> One region at a time. Okay. Let's start in the east. Let's start there. Duke is the number one seed in the first round. We'll go. We'll go right down the list here. Okay. So the East first round. I like Duke to win no matter who they wind up playing as the number sixteen seed. Okay. I like in that eight nine game. It's uh, UCF and VCU. Little alphabet soup game. A couple of teams that nobody really watches, but. I'll tell you what, UCF, they've got some size. I like that team. I'll take UCF over VCU. Uh, Mississippi State is a five seed. Five seeds often get knocked off. Who's the 12 seed there, Corey? Liberty. I would say give me Liberty or give me death, but I think Liberty is going to meet its death. I'll take Mississippi State in that one. Is that the Christian College Liberty University? Yes. We've had them on TV 46 a time or two. Okay. Virginia Tech is the four seed. They take on 13 seed. St. Louis. The Billikens, surprise winners of the A-10, had my son Peter Freeby, and he is a proud alumnus, and he was fired up about the Billikens, but I don't think that's a good matchup for the Billikens. I'll take Buzz Williams and Virginia Tech. I almost texted you yesterday to remind me, because we have talked about this before, what is a Billiken? A Billiken is it's almost like a Buddha-like figure. It's a good luck charm. And when St. Louis University still played football, their head coach allegedly resembled one of these good luck charms, and thus they were called the Billikens. Okay. Who's Belmont play? Belmont plays Maryland, number six seed. I'm not impressed with the Maryland Terrapins. I'll take Belmont in that one. Belmont's got a uh, local player who doesn't play anymore because of injuries, but Mac Mercer from Plymouth is with Belmont. Give me Belmont. LSU uh, in Yale? LSU's got all kinds of internal problems. Its coach is undergoing an NCAA investigation for paying players. Yale's not a bad team. Who do you want there? I'll let you pick that I was going to pick LSU, but you just said of all the problems they have in trying to hold it all together. You want to go with, with a, you want to go with a little Ivy League upset I, there and I, take the Elis? I think so. All right. Louisville and Minnesota. Well, this is interesting. So Louisville used to be coached by Rick Patino. Minnesota is coached by his son, Richard Patino. I tend to go with Minnesota in this one. They've been playing well. They knocked off Purdue and got to the final four of the Big Ten tournament. Michigan State and Bradley. How do you not take Izzo in March? I'll I'll take Michigan State in that one. I would agree. And watching them yesterday, I think that it was a great game against Michigan. Do they have what it takes to go all the way? Mm, I don't know. Not with Duke on the other side yeah, of that bracket. I don't know. Let's go. Uh, let's go to the West. Gonzaga and either Fairleigh Dickens. Fairleigh Dickinson has to play. I believe Prairie View A and M. It doesn't matter. Gonzaga is not losing to a 16 seed. Take the Zags. Syracuse and Baylor. Eight nine matchup. I like Bayheim in that one. I'll go with the Cuse. Marquette and Murray State. Boy, this is an interesting matchup because you've got two terrific players in this game. But Mur- I, you know, I like the racers of Murray State to maybe pull the upset on the uh, Golden Eagles. Florida State and Vermont. I was really impressed with Florida State in the ACC tournament. I think they've got the capability of going quite a ways in this tournament. I'll take the Knolls. 
I'll play uh, the character on the show that knows nothing about sports. Buffalo versus Arizona State or St. John's. Now, why do they do that? Arizona State has to play St. John's on either Tuesday or Wednesday night in a play-in game in Dayton, oh, Ohio. okay. So now Buffalo gets the winner of that game. Um, a play-in game, did you call it? Yeah. There, there's 68 teams in the tournament. There, clearly, there's only 64 slots. So some of those teams have to play each other to claim one of those slots, and that's one of those games. Okay. Uh, but it doesn't matter to me who wins that game. I'm I'm taking Buffalo. Texas Tech and North Kentucky. I kind of want to take Northern Kentucky just you know as an upset, but I'll I'll stick with Texas Tech. Number seven, Nevada and Florida. I think Florida got very lucky in the SEC tournament. I'm I'm not impressed with the Gators. Go with Nevada. Wolverines and Montana. Well, you have to go with Michigan. I, they played last year. They beat Montana in the NCAA tournament. I see no reason it's not going to happen again. We're heading south. Virginia and Gardner. Gardner-Webb. Uh, Virginia lost in the first round of the tournament last year to UMBC. First time that a one lost to a 16. It's not happening again this year. Take the Cavaliers. Mississippi and Oklahoma. Uh, boy, that's a real toss-up game. I don't think it's going to really matter by the time you get to the Sweet 16. Who wins this game? Take Oklahoma. Badgers and Oregon. Oregon played well in the Pac-12 tournament, and I was not impressed with what I saw from Wisconsin in the Big Ten tournament. I will take the Ducks. Kansas State and UC Irvine. You know, Bruce Weber at Kansas State has not exactly had an illustrious tournament history i know he's a friend of the lightfoots boy i want to take the anteaters but i'll go with kansas state villanova and st mary's villanova's the defending champ st mary's is not villanova purdue and old dominion a lot of people are picking an upset here uh purdue has not looked particularly impressive in the last couple of weeks but i'll go with the boilermakers at least in round one Cincinnati and Iowa. Cincinnati, I think, could go ways in this tournament. They get to play the first two rounds in Columbus, not far from the Bearcats campus. Take Mick Cronin in the Bearcats. The Volunteers and the Toothbrushers. Uh, Tennessee is going to just paste Colgate in this one. Into the Midwest we go. Tar Heels and Iona. I like North Carolina to go a long, long way in this tournament, uh, and they're going to own Iona. Utah State and Washington. Again, it's not really going to matter in your bracket that much because North Carolina is going to the Sweet 16. But go ahead and take Washington for a little upset special. Auburn, who played uh, quite a game yesterday against Tennessee, Mm -hmm. against New Mexico State. New Mexico State's kind of a dangerous team, but I'll take Auburn. Kansas and Northeastern. I'm not that impressed with Kansas, but I think they're good enough to beat the Huskies. Iowa State and Ohio State. I'm going to go with Iowa State in this one. I don't like the Big 12 necessarily over the Big 10, but Iowa State looked very good in the Big 12 tournament. Georgia State and Houston. I don't like Kelvin Sampson as a um, as a role model or a coach, but Houston's very good, and I'll take the Cougars. Seton Hall and Wofford. The Terriers beat uh, Notre Dame earlier this year at Purcell Pavilion. This is a for-real team out of the Southern Conference. They're a seven seed for a reason. Go with Wofford. Kentucky and Abilene Christian? Oh, come on. Come on. Who are you kidding? Who are you you kidding here? You're taking (laughs) Kentucky? Who are you kidding? 
I'm not kidding anybody. All right. So let's work our way now. Let, let me just, rather than going game by game, I, I don't want this to be boring for people. Mm-hmm. But let me just lay this out here as to what I think will be the case in the uh, I think Final Four. The, the East Regional. Okay. The final of the East Regional is going to be Duke and Michigan State, and Duke's going to win that game. Okay. All right. In the West, I like Florida State and Michigan, and I think I'm going to take Florida State. In the South, I'm going to go with Virginia and Villanova. I'm going to say Villanova knocks off Purdue in the second round, and I look for Villanova to upset Virginia and slide out as a sixth seed into the Final Four. I know that's going to be disagreed with by a lot of the maniacs. I don't blame you, but let, let's go with Villanova there. And finally, the Midwest? In the Midwest, um, North Carolina and Kentucky could be a terrific regional final game, and I'm going to go with the Tar Heels in that one. I went Final Four. I went North Carolina, Tennessee, Duke, and Michigan. Okay. I'm. That's not a bad choice. Yeah. I want to play something for you and then help me understand what he is talking about. Okay. The committee has done, like you said, a great job. If you look toward the quad system and the, and the net, yes. But I think that sometimes a little more judgment has to enter the picture. And I think it's unfair for the little guy when we get 5% of the at-large birds for them. I don't think that's right. I don't think it's proper. And I will go to my grave screaming at yelling at and believing that because the little guy gets shoved in the corner. 28 wins mean nothing. Mediocrity is always rewarded, it seems, over greatness. Uh, End of story. I'm done about it. What's he, What's Sticky V talking about there? Okay, so net is a new rating that was used by the committee or so, allegedly used by the committee this year. I don't think they used it very much based on uh, the net ranking of some of the teams that are in the tournament or that didn't get into the tournament. Clemson was making a big stink last night about the fact that their net ranking was better than a bunch of at-large selections in the tournament. Then you hear about quads, and and this is another area of analytics where you look at teams and their net ranking, and you can break them down into quadrants. So what's your, how did you do against teams in quad one, which is the highest ranking and how did you do against teams in quad two and so on down the line i think the point that dick vital is making is you know rather than rely on all these analytics watch the games and say i think this team could beat that team rather than well you know what what are all these numbers and how does it break down now at a certain point you've got to look at schedules and you've got to say, okay, who who plays a strong schedule and who doesn't? And I think that hurts some teams going in. Mm-hmm. IU fans were making a big stink last night about, well, you know, we played two extra Big Ten games this year, and, and that should help us in our strength of schedule. Here's the thing, IU. You lost 12 of 13 games in one stretch of the season. Right. In no way, shape, or form do you belong in the NCAA tournament when that happens. Who didn't make this list that you thought should have? The best team that I think is in the NIT is TCU. TCU was a pretty solid Big 12 team this year. Mm-hmm. But, I, again, you've got to take a look at the tournament. Okay, who are you taking out if you put TCU in? 
Who who's the worst team in this field? Maybe Ohio State. Oh, this is like our Tom Hanks list, right? Who are you going to take out to put in? But that's the thing. You only have 68 slots. If you're putting somebody else in, you have to take somebody out. Yeah, okay. So I don't have that much of a problem with what the committee did this year. Uh, You can can get a little dicey with some of the seedings like, okay, Michigan State, why are they in the same bracket as Duke? You say Duke is the number one team. Does that mean Michigan State is the worst of the number two seeds? I don't think Michigan State is the worst of the number two seeds, but that all gets into positioning and everything. Here are some fun facts that I thought I'd share with the maniacs regarding uh, who's going to win this thing and who's going to be the national champion. Since the seeding structure went into place back in 1979, no team seeded number nine or higher has ever won the national championship. So, You're not picking out of 68 teams. You're really picking out of 32. Okay. Okay? Then let's whittle that down again. No team that's ever been a number five seed has ever won the title. They've gotten to the title game, but they haven't won the title. So now you can take that line out, and you're down to 28 teams that you're picking from. With that said, out of those 28, we have not had a first-time champion in the NCAA basketball tournament since back in 2006 when Florida won it. Since then, it's all been teams with some sort of championship pedigree. You have to look at, okay, of the 28 teams that are seeded either 1 through 4 or 6 through 8, 17 of those teams have never won a national title. So now you're down to picking from 11. With the exception of Arizona in 1997, Every champion for the last 30 years has had at least 24 wins entering the tournament. We've narrowed it down to 11 teams. There are three that are exceptions to that rule. Maryland, Louisville, and Syracuse. You can bounce all three of those out. So now you're down to eight, which leaves you with Duke and Michigan State in the east, Michigan in the west, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky in the midwest, and Villanova and Cincinnati in the south. One of those eight is going to win the NCAA tournament. Let's review yours real quick. I want to make sure I wrote down correctly. Duke, Florida State, Villanova, and North Carolina. Right. So Florida State doesn't qualify under this little rule, so they're not winning. It's going to be Duke and Carolina in the title game. That game that I raced home Friday for Maureen McFadden's retirement party to watch. Named up in. Named up in. That's what I'm going to be watching on the final Monday of the season. You want to shift to high school basketball the final weekend for you? Sure. We had a good game on Saturday night at Northside Gym. Loved the atmosphere at Northside Gym with Culver Academy and Marion squaring off in the 3A semi-state. Good ball game until the final minutes when Marion couldn't hit a shot and they kind of lost their poise a little bit. And Culver Academy behind a season-high 21 from junior Deontay Craig pulls away and moves on to the state finals, and they'll try to get back-to-back titles this weekend as they take on Silver Creek. Silver Creek is the second-highest-scoring team in the state of Indiana. They score 75 points a game. So Culver Academy, which did a terrific defensive job against Marion and Jalen Blackman, will have to figure out how to do the same thing against Silver Creek this weekend. How about the game before your broadcast? Corey, I'll tell you, I've... I've seen a lot of teams play this year. Yes. Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian 
is the most impressive team I have seen this year. They will win the 1A title. They would win the 2A title. And they would give either Culver or Silver Creek a run for their money in the 3A title. And I dare say that they would give Carmel a game, at least, in the 4A championship. They're that good. They're just strong players, quick, fundamentally sound, just a really good basketball team. Speaking of Carmel, what a tap dance they did on Penn. You watched that game. What stood out? I uh, think I have a problem with no shot clock because they slowed that game down to where Penn, what's the average of a Penn game? In the 70s? Well, they averaged in the 70s scoring one. How much of that was because Penn didn't hit shots? Welcome to the podcast within the podcast. This podcast is called Rant. Let's say, for the sake of argument, because this has been a cause celeb on the 46 Sports Twitter site this morning, too. Let's say, for the sake of argument, you had a shot clock in high school basketball. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's 24 seconds in the NBA. It's 30 in the college ranks. Let's say, for the sake of argument, it's 40 seconds for high school. Mm-hmm. Okay, A quarter is eight minutes, or 480 seconds. So you're basically saying a quarter would be 12 possessions, six possessions aside, if they used the shot clock to its fullest extent. And let's say a team shoots 50%, which is better than most teams shoot. Okay? Well, that's, even if you're hitting from three-point range, that's nine points in a quarter. Shot clock is not going to solve the problem of low-scoring high school basketball. You know what's going to solve the problem of low-scoring high school basketball? Kids learning how to shoot again and kids learning how to go get open shots because I'll tell you, I watched Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian and they didn't have problem putting the ball in the basket. They didn't have problems finding open shots and they didn't need no stinking shot clock to make it happen. Come out, play a little full-court press defense, Force the tempo a little bit. If you're good enough, you'll put points on the board. But most of you want to jack up a three-pointer from about 30 feet away with some guy's hand in your face, and you're not going to hit it because you're not good enough. You've been listening to Rant, the podcast within the podcast. We now resume our regular podcast. Carmel was good. Carmel's really big, good defensively. Big players defensively, yeah. And, mean, and that's the thing. Their size makes it tough to get the ball on the inside, Mm -hmm. and they have enough length about them to be able to cover you when you're on the outside, too. I think uh, Penn got into foul trouble a little bit early. I think Noah had to sit down for for a handful of minutes. But that's the thing. Penn shot one out of eight in the first quarter. A shot clock's not going to help you. That's just going to be more missed shots. I wonder what it's like to sitting in the hallway forever, waiting for that first game to end. Yeah, because the first game went double overtime. Yeah leads to the question that I have, because we haven't had Northern teams in Class 4A fare very well in recent years Mm -hmm. in basketball, and quite frankly, in the higher classes of football either. They have not fared well. What do teams around here have to do to make themselves more competitive with the Indianapolis area teams? Or can it be done? How about this, though? Hand clap for uh, the student section showing up. On Saturday for Penn. About time. Better late than never. I mean, yes, okay. 
it's great that they showed up for the semi-state. Very good. You, but where have you been all year? Yeah. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, I, I think the final four games this weekend, I think Fort Wayne Blackhawk, Christian Barreve will be an interesting game, but I, I look for Blackhawk to win that one by double figures. Andrean and Linton Stockton, I got to tell you, it's two teams that I really don't know that much about in Class 2A. Is that the 59ers? Yes, the Andrean 59ers. Okay, we'll see what happens there. Culver Academy and Silver Creek, because of the way Culver Academy plays defense, because they're trying to go for back-to-back state titles, Mm -hmm. obviously because we've covered them, given Silver Creek's offensive pedigree, that to me is an interesting watch. And then it's Carmel and Ben Davis in the finals. And outside of Indianapolis, I think everybody else is just turned off. Can I watch these games if I am interested? Well, you can watch them live on TV 46. We'll have all four of them for you live from Indianapolis this weekend. I'll have to watch Twitter. I'm out of town. Where are you going? I'm going to C2E2 Comic Con. Excuse me? It's Saturday. What is this event? This is the big Chicago Comic-Con at McCormick Place that my son and I have gone to for the last six years. So this is the event where people dress up as their favorite comic book character. Will Some you be dressing up as a comic book character? I will probably never do that. Well, Caleb. Uh, when he was younger, he did dress as Batman. Yes. But he did that every day, not just at Comic-Con. Right. Yes. Uh, he probably won't. And here's why. We're there all day. It gets hot. Mm-hmm. They don't do the air really well in this place. So we literally like T-shirt and, you know. Who are you most intrigued about seeing? Paul Rudd. We'll see him at 3.30. And we've paid to do that. You've paid for, Mm -hmm. now do you get a personal audience with Paul Rudd? How does this work? Yes. They'll get you in groups. Um, They've sold out however many. And he'll have a wonderful paycheck at the end of the day. But you get... uh, What you'll do is you'll stand in line and you'll watch the flash on the photography go off because you get a photo with him. And then you time the time between flashes. So, for example, uh, Norman Reedus, who played Daryl on Walking Dead, was 16 seconds back when it was super popular. Carrie Fisher was 36 seconds. I remember this because I wrote it down when we did it. So we had 36 seconds with her, but we got a photo. Then you got your autograph line, but that sold out. So, Were you part of the autograph line or no? No. So you are part of the... We get a photograph with him. So I will introduce my son to him. That's what we. That's how our routine is. I'll tell him how much I love him. And um, then we'll get a photo with him. Yeah. Is this the event where William Shatner was immortalized on Saturday Night Live by telling people to get a life? Uh, yeah. <laughs> But times have changed since then. We we live in a Big Bang Theory world now where the nerds are have taken over. We're loud and we're proud. Well, I don't know that you've taken over. You just, you have your events, mm-hmm. and those are your events, and that's great. We have the biggest movies of the year, every year now. The TV shows are doing quite well. Well, yeah, nerd TV mm-hmm. shows are doing well. Comic books still sell fantastically. Oh, apparently mm-hmm. so. There was a show back in the day that was only on for one season. It was called Freaks and Geeks. Yes, I remember. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. Two of the geeks have grown up to some pretty successful career. John Staley was the young brother. Okay. Um, he was on Bones, but he's also a great screenwriter, and he wrote the most recent Spider-Man movie. 
He'll be sitting with Martin Starr, who was the taller nerd with the glasses, yes. who drank the beer out of the uh, the baseball cap in that episode. Do you remember oh, that episode? Oh, no, I don't remember that episode. He uh, is in a ton of different shows, but he's the quiz bowl teacher in the Spider-Man movie. Oh. So we're getting the homecoming Spider-Man poster autographed. I see. That's part of our deal. Uh, and then there's a handful of artists that I love because I collect. Caleb's not that much into it, but... Uh, I've got a little sweet list. A lot of the older guys are showing up at this now because they're kind of retired and they don't have anything to do. So people like me at age 50 can go, man, I loved when I was 12 or 13, you were writing X-Men or Hulk or whatever. There's a lot of those guys there. What does a retired comic book writer do? Great question. Set up a booth at a big Chicago comic book convention and let people oogle over him. Sometimes it's $20 an autograph. Sometimes it's, uh, hey, give me some money. I'm doing this. I'm with this organization now, doing whatever. There's professional athletes there. There's former Bears there. Mm-hmm. lot of wrestlers. A lot of well, wrestlers. Well, I'm not surprised that the wrestlers are big with the comic book crowd. Yeah. They'll have their own booths. Yes. But, yeah, there's a, there's probably five or six artists I'm looking forward to having scribble on my books. Yeah. And then we'll be on the South Shore at 545, home at 7. So you're missing the Indiana State Finals and round two of the NCAA tournament for this. Yes. I got my phone on me, though. I'll keep an eye on it. Mm -hmm. But for home by seven, we'll see the eight o'clock game at uh, Banker's Life, right? True. Yeah, you can watch Carmel and Ben Davis and ogle over what happens down in Indianapolis. (laughs) That's great. You want to go with? I can tell by the look on your face. You're kind I have of inc- other plans. Oh, do you? Yeah. You're, you're just completely busy. I'm very busy that day. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame women find out their NCAA tournament pairings tonight. We, this much we know. The Irish are going to be a number one seed. They're going to play their first two games at Purcell Pavilion. They're more than likely going to be sent to Chicago for their Sweet 16 and Elite Eight games. That's what we know. We talked about this. That's not a United Center game. That's a... That is the new Trust Arena down there by the McCormick, McCormick place. place. That's right. So you can scout things out this weekend. All right. When you're there for Comic-Con. Friday night slash Saturday morning, the dropout, your thoughts on Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> oh, obviously when you're making a documentary, you can choose whatever pictures you want. Mm-hmm. But every picture... Of Elizabeth Holmes basically made me think this woman's a psychopath. She's getting goosed. Yeah. This Gigantic wo- eyes. Yes, Betty Davis eyes. Sometimes her hair is like bedhead. Sometimes it's not. The fact that she was able to dupe people from both sides of the aisle, Bill Clinton, George Schultz, and a cast of others, what a scam she had going on. I hope she rots in prison for a long, long time. Yeah. Because ultimately what she was doing, even though her dream was to help the health of people. Oh, she put lives at stake. Ultimately what she was doing was putting lives at stake. Every test is now out the door. I I think I heard this over the weekend. They got to get through 18 million documents. 18 million no, it's going to take some time. Ugh. And uh, I want to give kudos to, first of all, kudos to the staff at ABC News, Rebecca Jarvis and her production team for putting together the story. I, I thought they did a good job. There was some fat in it and some redundancies and things yeah. like that to make it a two-hour show. But right. 
it it was still pretty well done. Um, of course, to the writer from the Wall Street Journal who cracked the story, mm-hmm. uh, he was outstanding. And to Tyler Schultz, the grandson, the grandson of former Secretary of State George Schultz, who was put under immense pressure by his grandfather, by attorneys, by all kinds of people to not tell the tale of this and doing it anyway at a huge cost to him and his family financially and otherwise yeah half a million dollars in legal fees yeah go listen to the dropout podcast there's there's a lot more there's six episodes at 45 minutes each compared to a two-hour documentary a lot of the audio from the documentaries in these yeah but they flesh out a lot more they kind of skipped over the joe biden visit to theranos that was a complete farce and uh pretend you wow. know with the smell of fresh paint and kicking chemists out of one room to put these other fake machine edisons in the room with video players to make it look as if it were testing i mean it's what a cast of characters huh yeah the the thing i took away from if you watch it again is her board of directors blew my mind like it was the oh my gosh board of but directors. like somebody said are you are you going to war or yeah. are you going or are you trying to solve something with healthcare but because that's the thing her board of directors was not made up of anybody who knew diddly squat about healthcare yeah and i'm sure there was a reason behind that the second thing i took away from and of course a documentary when you're making one you can make it any way you want right. to lean whatever yeah. way but just the idea of these billionaires that are like oh you gave a hundred million well we'll give a hundred million i thought that was one of the key quotes of the entire two hours was when somebody said well the whole reason a lot of these people got involved is because their friend did yeah their other millionaire friend oh the devos family gave this much well the murdochs will give this much yeah and oh this one and it's like my gosh do your homework on these people ah but anyways it's called the 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 dropout it's going to be a movie Jennifer Lawrence is going to be uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Mm-hmm. I, I can uh, I could cast that movie pretty quick. I, I've got some people in my head that I could I could put in there. But yeah, that's good stuff. Episode seventy five, Deacon Jones. You learned a little something today, didn't you? I sure I learned something every time I sit with you, Chuck Freebie. Uh, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Coming up later this week, we'll probably talk a little bit more about uh, the NC two A on Wednesday on Friday. Oh, I've got my calendar circled for lesson number four, Chuck Freebie Sportscaster Camp. I'm, I might give you a tease of lesson number four right now. Don't you people have lives? Oh, I'm sorry. That's Shatner at Comic-Con. <laughs> Ooga Luga. That's our show for today. Sports Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet, because big guys got to look good, too. Sports Yak is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. This is Jimmy Shorts. Until next time, sports fans. That's good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.